Hey everyone, I'm Megan Coleman. And I'm Meg Revis, and we're the Megs. We have a lot of fun laughing and learning how to squeeze the good out of today. So I am feeling this episode, like feeling good. <laughs> How many cups of creamer have you had this morning? None. Whoa. Well, I fixed it. I had a few sips and I forgot where I put it. Do you ever do that? Do you lose your cup of coffee around the house? No, it follows me wherever I go. I wish mine would. <laughs> I forgot where I set it down. So it's still lost somewhere in the house. I don't know where I set it down, but I only had a few sips of my coffee. No, I'm just feeling this episode because I'm feeling it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sure. I want to talk about, we're going to talk about um, dinner. Oh, okay. We're going to talk about dreams. We're going to talk about Daniel. Oh my gosh. Are you ready for all these? Dinner, dreams, and Daniel. This is the D episode. Oh, okay. So, um, I was thinking last night as we were kind of all scattered in all directions mm-hmm. for dinner and I was sitting cause Haley had lacrosse practice. And so they were kind of Logan and her were kind of out the door. Audrey was getting ready for a debate tournament. And so she was practicing. We're just scattered for dinner. Sure. But I was sitting kind of reminiscing about dinner growing up for me and what that looked like versus what it looks like now for my family. I'm just curious growing up, what was your dinner situation? Like, like food wise and also like experience. Yes. Well, I pretty much grew up for the most part with just my mom. Um, (laughs) there's really not great memories. I'll be honest with you. I mean, single mom. And so she, she worked all day. I mean, I got home from school and was by myself and then she would come home and sometimes she would make a meal. Sometimes it was a TV dinner meal. Actually, most nights it was probably a TV dinner meal. Don't knock those TV dinners nowadays. Oh, I love a lean cuisine. Better now than they were back then. When like when they first kind of made their debut, you know. And I would eat that in on the floor in front of the couch. And that was it. I mean, that was dinner. And then when I moved to live with my dad and stepmom, my stepmom Diane, she was huge on we make a dinner meal, we turn the TV off, we sit at the table, and the three of us ate dinner together every night. So I had that the last couple years before I went off to college, but growing up was just in front of the TV eating. Okay. So that is more what your kind of high school experience dinner wise. That is more what I had growing up. So my dad did travel quite a bit, but it didn't matter what chaos was happening in the Coleman household. And there was always chaos. And there was usually more than just us four kids. We usually had like neighborhood kids over running in and out of the house. But at dinner time, that was like my mom's Super Bowl. Like she made a meal. We were expected to turn off the TV, mm-hmm. come sit at the table. And and a lot of times we did have other people, you know. Oh, yeah. She, the, still other knows, kids. she still knows how to cook for a crowd. 
Oh yeah. She could, yes, she could cook for, you know, tons of kids. Um, casserole, our casserole queen mom. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I just remember sitting around the table almost every night together as a family with, you know, all the things going on. I don't know how, honest to God, I don't know how she did it because we were all involved in activities. So, mm-hmm. you know, so maybe my memory is a little fuzzy. Maybe it wasn't every night, but a lot of nights we were at the dinner table. Um, if it could be all six of us when my dad was in town, we were there and we all had the same spot too. Oh, okay. So <laughs> we've tried that with the kids and that has not gone over well in my family. So we all had our spot. So um, my dad and Ben sat at the ends of the table uh-huh. and then I sat to the right of my dad mm-hmm. and my mom sat to the left of my dad. This is important here in just a second. <laughs> Next to me was Christy my older sister. And then again, Ben was at the other end of the table. And then next to Ben and my mom was Amy. Mm -hmm. And I just like, oh my gosh, the laughs, the giggles, like the stories that we would just sit around and tell at the dinner table. My dad placed, I feel like, I feel like we haven't, he hasn't said officially but I feel like he put me next to him for a couple different reasons. I loved eating even as a little kid, anything and everything like vegetables, no problem. Pile them on my plate, like extra casserole. Great. I love anything. My mom's cooking, put it on my plate and he would eat off of my plate (laughs) throughout the whole meal. So he'd finish his plate and then snag a little off of yours. He wouldn't have to get up because he knew I was running to get more. He would just eat off of my plate constantly. The other rumor that I have heard why I sat next to my dad was I was Miss Antsy Pants and like couldn't sit still. And so it was because he brought the hammer down like you're going to sit next to your dad. But that was established early, early on. Like even before elementary days, I can remember that was the seating arrangement around the table. Yeah. I can't get my kids to do that. And we don't even, we don't eat at the table as much. We have a bar and the, our bar has five bar stools and there's five yes. of us. So it's really convenient. And we I can, love your Island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's really nice where we can still just sit at the Island together. And then we just kind of, you know, when we're done, push the plates into the sink. <laughs> like We don't even have to get up and move them. We just kind of push them into the sink. So I think it's the convenience and the kids eat there for breakfast and lunches, you know, on the weekends, but, um, they even fight over the bar stools of so who gets to sit where we, so now we don't eat dinner as a family that way. Our girls, we eat mostly in front of the TV on the couch. When we're out, I would say when we go out to dinner, we really enjoy like telling stories and we talk and chat and it's rare that we're on our phones. So like when we're out to eat, I feel like we kind of experience that. But um, my podcast stuff has taken over our table. <laughs> <laughs> so 
we have a little like island bar area that has a couple of stools. So sometimes, the, you know, a couple of us will sit there and then the other two will sit on the couch and the TV. But for Logan growing up, he said he had like a mixture, but predominantly, you know, like sitting in front of the TV, eating dinner together, but they all would. Right. So, together. yeah. So that is what I just think it's, you know, I have those sweet memories, you know, growing up, like being around the kitchen table as a family and with neighborhood friends and kids running in and out. Usually when we sit around the, uh, even if it's the bar, you know, and we not every night, cause some nights, you know, we just don't want to talk. And so we just let the kids have the TV on and they watch a show yes. and it's not a big deal, like whatever. But there are some nights where we make more intention of, oh no, let's turn the TV off. Let's have a conversation. How was your day? You know, whatever. Usually, I, and here's the thing is usually I've already had those conversations with the kids before dinner time hits, you know, when they yeah. get home from school and kind of get an update. So at dinner, once Ben is there, we typically do a high-low Buffalo, you know, where the kids say they're high for the day, they say they're low for the day, and then the buffalo is a hairy situation that they might have gotten in for the day. I have never heard that, by the way. Yeah. A high-low buffalo. High-low buffalo. And so the buffalo is just, did you get in a hairy situation, like with a friend or on the playground or whatever? I mean, it could be an assignment that you forgot, What anything. Anything. Yeah. Just kind of a, what was a hairy situation and you had to figure out how to get out of it. I like that. I remember a friend of mine from years ago. It, I mean, I had little kids at this point, little, you know, preschoolers. So it wasn't as big of a deal, but she had, you know, older elementary, middle and high school kids. And so they were all in sports and they couldn't sit down for dinner together because they all had their own activities. And this was, this was really interesting. I had never heard this before. She said, we can't do dinner together, but we value that time as a family. And so we make a point as a family to get up early and we do breakfast together. So that was her thing of she got up early and she made a hot breakfast and she and her husband and their four kids, they got up early and they sat down and had a hot breakfast every morning together. Cause that was the only time in the day where they could all sit down together. This is blowing my mind. I know, right? <laughs> like I don't, first of all, I'm not an early riser, man. I might last like two days doing that. And then I'd be like, ah, uh, cereal. <laughs> <laughs> what did y'all, uh, is that what y'all had? You said for, yes, for dinner had, last night, we had cereal for dinner. You know, we don't do it a lot and that's what makes it fun for the kids. Cause if we did it a lot, it'd be like, wah, wah, mom, you know, but Ben had a really busy weekend. He had to teach. We had all the snow junk last yes. week and hosting another family here. And there's, pipe, there's no judgment here. Listen. I know pipe bursting. It was, we were tired. My and kids so, had Wendy's chili and hamburgers last night. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they, Ben came home and he usually cooks dinner and he was just, he was toast. And I was like, Hey, you want to just do cereal for dinner tonight? He was like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he, man. We didn't even eat dinner. Ben and I were like, neither one of us were super hungry. We had a big lunch together. He brought lunch home for us. And so we just didn't even eat last night. Kids got cereal, put them to bed. And then we went to bed. <laughs> and you know what? They're fine. And oh, that's yeah. perfectly okay. We're not, you do not have to cook. Yeah. Um. So we hit up 
Wendy's. I was like, I'm not cooking. Dinner's not happening. Kids love Wendy's. They're four for four. That's like their go-to. So I got the chili because I was like, well, I don't know. I I actually like disgusting. No, I love the Wendy's chili. Really? Yes, I really do. Mm. Add a little hot sauce to it, a little sour cream. I like Chick-fil-A's chicken noodle soup. No, I do not like chicken noodle soup. Logan makes homemade chicken noodle soup, and I'm the only one that does not Hmm. like I don't like I don't like chicken noodle soup, period. But um, so Wendy's chili and then they got some hamburgers and we like ordered the whole menu. There was nuggets involved too. There was hamburgers. Uh, then I was on the phone when I ordered, I was on the phone with my mom when I was ordering the Wendy's and she goes, you get those kiddos, the frosties too. I'll, I'll send you a couple dollars. I was like, mom, don't send me a couple dollars. Make sure you order it. I can hear you. Did you order their frosties? <laughs> Martha. So she the always girl, sends the kids Wendy's gift cards. Right. So kids. they can have frosties. Mm-hmm. So the girls got frosties too. So I was really momming it up yesterday. But I'm impressed. So yeah, our, di- our dinners definitely look different, but I, I would like to maybe try to do a little bit better every once in a while, just, or even like I said, when we go out to eat, just making sure that we're, I'm intentional with like what's happening at the mealtime. Like, are we sharing and chatting as a family or are we all sitting there at the table with our phones in front of us and devices? And right. I don't know. That was the it's a good reminder. That was my, that's, so that's the dinner that's the dinner talk of this portion. Are you ready to hear about my dreams? <laughs> Moving on to the next D. Yes. What are your dreams? You are a dreamer, big time dreamer. I am. And before I like kind of dive into this part, you know, cause we've talked a little bit on and off about, um, you know, we're not professional podcasters, right? I mean, right. we are now, but it wasn't like we had done this before or anything like that. And I think it's been a fun and enlightening journey. Is it enlightening the right word? Enlightenment? Maybe. <laughs> it's been a journey. Let's take <laughs> we'll take enlightenment out of it. I've learned a lot. Oh, for sure. Okay. But one of the things that we talk about is just kind of finding ourselves, finding our groove, like who we are, what we want this podcast to look like. And I know that I'm really vocal about that I like to party. <laughs> <laughs> I I do. I ha- do I like to have like a good a- I like mm-hmm. to have a good time. Yep. I also enjoy adult beverages. Mm-hmm. And I have a potty mouth. So this feels more a bit like a, com- a, a, a confessional. Confession. <laughs> yes. Oh. You know that uh, most people that are close to me know that I have like a potty mouth. And I'm sure my mom listening to this is going to be like, well, that's not how I raised her. And it's not. She did mm-hmm. not raise me that way. But got a little temper. It usually comes out most of the time while I'm driving which is not good either because most of the time I have my kids in the car. So <clears throat> I am a Jesus loving 
potty mouther. <laughs> that- <laughs> oh my gosh. What does this have to do with dreams? I'm going, I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> uh, it all, it all does go together. If you will just, just hang with I'm me. I'm hanging for a with you. And just so you guys know, um, I really talked Megan into doing this different episode today. We had a completely different episode planned for today. And I'm talking 20 minutes before we're set to record. I'm like, hey, <clears throat> we're going to talk about something different, didn't I? Did I? Yes, you did. And we're rolling with it. So I really sprung this up out of nowhere for Megan, but I feel strongly about it. So back to the dreams and situation and my Jesus loving. Now that we know that you love Jesus, you love to party. I love to party. And you have a little bit of a potty mouth. I guess it it is a bit of a little bit of a confession, you know, for me, because I just want to be as real and transparent as possible. I don't want anybody to ever listen to the podcast and be like, Oh, well, you know, I, I would have viewed Meg differently or whatever. And everybody's perspective of me is probably a little bit different too. But today I really kind of wanted to dive into my dreams, but then also about, there's a book in the Bible, Daniel, that Mm -hmm. talks about dreams. Dream. Mm-hmm. And we, and I kind of wanted to dive into that too. And I didn't want it to come out of nowhere, which we're very open about our faith and how much that's important to us and, and what we believe in. And I don't ever want to hide that. Um, I think I just wanted people to know I'm a real person making real mistakes, but yeah, we all are. And I, I don't know, a lot of people might not know that I'm married to a pastor. I don't know if we've ever really said that on here. I don't think we've officially said that you're married to a pastor. Yeah. Is that, by the way, is that like, is it been hard or, you know, has that been difficult? That's like a whole nother episode. Okay. Well, we like breaking down the the pastor's wife life. Yes. While Mm -hmm. we're recording episodes, we always come up with the best new episode ideas. So I'm writing that down. So it's an honor and it's a challenge. I'll just say that. Obviously, yes. Honor and challenge. I think that would be a good way to describe it for you. So, so I just wanted to mention that before we dove into a quick little Bible story. (laughs) (laughs) Bible lesson from the Megs. Back to my dreams. So Megan, for a few weeks, I have been having the weirdest dreams, but forever, like you said, I've been a dreamer. So Mm -hmm. I, since I was little, I was a big daydreamer. Um, But then even since I was little, like I could remember like vivid, vivid dreams from being like a little, little girl that I was like, gosh, these have to mean something like why would I be dreaming about these and I used to tell my dad my dreams and a lot of times he would write them down because I think he thought they meant something too Mm -hmm. and um recently I've had dreams about the most random stuff it very well could be the spicy Mexican food (laughs) that I'm eating (laughs) I'm not saying your sour cream enchiladas yeah I'm not saying 
or the margarita that went with it. Right. I'm not saying that I know what these dreams are or even that all of them mean something. I more just want to chat with you because I don't know what they mean. So my first dream that I had that I woke up, but I have this like sense of this feeling like they mean something. Mm -hmm. So I was going on this like excursion. I was like invited to go on this excursion on this massive boat. And it took us out into the middle of nowhere, like the middle of nowhere ocean. But the excursion itself wasn't supposed to be on like land or even on the boat. We were then all of a sudden like in the water and and not like snorkeling, like we're checking out shipwrecks or anything just like, like that. Just like floating? Just floating in the water. And then all of a sudden I see the most massive, biggest wave I've ever seen in my life. Like not on like any kind of video or movie. It was bigger. It it was like a skyscraper high coming up and it was going to crash on us. And I just kept thinking in my head, there's no way I'm going to survive this wave. This is it. And the wave crashes on me and then I'm okay. And then I see another huge wave, bigger They just keep getting even more massive, more big. And every time I think I'm a goner, there's no way any of us can survive any of these waves. And every time it would crash over me and I would be okay. And that was the gist of that dream. Have you gone through anything hard recently? Because I could see that as being... You know, like you go through something hard, like a wave crashing over you, but you survive it. I mean, you know, yes and no. Like, I feel like, I mean, I feel like my, our lives are constantly us going through different things. And I think we all do. Right. I think it's a good reminder of, even though it seems like it's going to overtake us, it doesn't. Yeah. So that was, you know, so I've got lots of questions and thoughts on, you know, it was a very good feeling of knowing like, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. But then really quickly right after that, seeing another wave and going, oh my gosh, like and getting that stressed out feeling and like, you know, nervousness and being scared and going, nope, this is it. I'm for sure this one's going to take me under, like, I'm not going to survive this. So it was those feelings. Okay. So that was my wave dream. The next dream that I had was I just kept seeing flashes. So it wasn't like a, like a sequential dream or whatever. I was asleep and just kept seeing flashes of anchors and hooks, like ship anchors and then hooks. Well, you know, the anchor in the Bible is a symbol for hope. But what's the, what is the, the hook? I don't know. I don't know either. Fisherman's hook. I don't know. (laughs) I did have another dream about a flood happening outside of our um, condo because we are the back of our condo overlooks like 
the national Everglades. Like, right. That is my what my back patio looks out to. And there's all kinds of canals and things behind gators. There. Oh, so many gators. <clears throat> so I did have another dream that one of the canals flooded and we immediately were like, everybody was scrambling like to get their stuff and make sure everybody was okay. And we were okay. It flooded and we, but we were okay. That one was kind of a quick, quick dream. Then the last one happened last night and I just dreamt of, I'm telling you, it's so weird. And maybe it's the spicy Wendy's chili from last oh, night. Oh, yeah. It was wheat fields. Who dreams about wheat fields? That's it was an just interesting one. Bright sunshine, like bright, sunny, shiny. And it was wheat fields. I could see it blowing like in the sunny wind. Hmm. Girl, I don't know. I'm not a dream okay. interpreter. So anybody listening out there, are you writing these down? I, d- I have written like brief parts of them down. Okay. Cause you know, um, it could probably come years later. Right. I th- Maybe I should get some kind of dream journal or something. Yeah. I don't know. So wheat, like waving in the sunshine and wind. Wheat is okay. like a, a symbol of prosperity, isn't it? Like, I don't know. That's what I need you for. Prosperity is coming. (laughs) I need you to become a dream interpreter. I am not a dream (laughs) interpreter. Listen, my dreams, you know, are in the form of whatever show I'm watching these days. And I'm just dreaming myself. Megan's become a part of the (laughs) alias cast. Yes. (laughs) So uh, then when I woke up from having the wheat field dream, all that kept coming to my mind, and I don't enjoy reading because it's uh, really hard for me. I haven't ever been tested for anything, but it's really difficult. Like, it's just painful. It's not, I don't enjoy it. And so I'm ashamed to say that I don't read the Bible often, but mm-hmm. I could not shake this feeling like that. I just kept thinking, I need to read the book of Daniel, where that came from. I don't know. It was probably God, but yeah, <clears throat> could not shake that feeling that I need to read the book of Daniel. And honestly, I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to read. So I looked for a podcast, <laughs> like surely somebody's talking about the book of Daniel. And I didn't really find anything that was, everything was just a little watered down for, for me. You know, I need things kind of a little exciting. dry. Yeah. Yeah. Upbeat. So I didn't find anything this morning. And so I was driving Audrey to the school bus stop and I just felt like, I mean, like all of a sudden, like just go read the first chapter, just read one chapter of Daniel, like clear as day. It was like somebody was saying it to me. So I was like, okay, I guess I need to go home and read the book of Daniel. So I uh, got out my Bible And I'm hoping this is where you actually can dive in because I feel like you know way more about the Bible and Bible stories and this story than I do. But I'm fascinated by this story about Daniel. Daniel is a good book. It really is. 
So he also has, there, are they friends or family? Shadrach, Meshach, they're Abednego? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're friends. And Daniel, the four of them are friends. Okay. So we're going to call them the crew. <laughs> so this is the crew. <laughs> so Daniel starts off with King, I'm going to butcher his name, you say Nebuchadnezzar. it. King Nebuchadnezzar mm-hmm. is reigning. And I think he has just recently become king too. Well, he they <laughs> kind of in, invaded or raided Judah and they took all of these like really strong noble men from Judah and brought them to where they were. And that's how Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ended up there. Um, and they were training them. Okay. A couple of things real quick. I want to know, like, what was the test? Like, what was the test? How did you, how did they know, like, these are noble men? Like, like, I'm just curious, like, what back in the day, how did they determine, like, was there like a bar exam? Was Well, they like- were young men of the, of Judah's royal family. That's who they were bringing. Okay, so they were of kind of royal descent. Yeah, and they brought them uh, to Babylon as captives. So they like they didn't have a choice. Them. No, right. they had no choice. They captured them. So then the next part of the story that I love is they were because they were going through all this training to kind of eventually see if they could make it into the king's services. Right, and they wanted to train <laughs> them. Like in their language and the literature of Babylon. So they're taking these really like young, good looking, smart, intelligent, noble men from Judah and bringing them over into Babylon as captives and then training them in the Babylon way. Okay. Babylonian way. And so they were learning all kinds of new things. Um, They were given a lot of nice things it sounds like too because they were in this training to potentially serve the king so it talks about how they were given all the food and wine like that would have been served i guess to the king too right yeah <clears throat> and daniel says no thank you right so one, I think is hugely brave of him because they really probably could have just cut off his head, right? For, for refusing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the first thing that I wrote down that I kind of highlighted that stuck out to me, Megan, when I was reading this and you guys, I couldn't, I had to continue and I read chapter two. So I didn't just read chapter one. I was so like taken by the story. I read chapter two. <clears throat> So what I wrote down in uh, chapter one, verse nine, it says, now God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. So he has spoken up and said, hey, no, thank you. I don't want all your greasy food and wine. Could you just give me, has he, Megan, has he asked for it this time? Just the vegetables and water? 
No, that's a little bit later, a couple of verses down where he says, uh, I don't need your meat. I don't need your wine. Test me. I will be just as strong, if not stronger of all these other men that are eating all that stuff and drinking on your wine, but I'm only going to drink water and have vegetables. So he was trying to politely say, no, thank you. I want just the, the vegetables and the water. But before he even got to that request, when he spoke up, it says in the verse uh, nine, now God had caused the official that was in charge of the crew mm-hmm. to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. And I underlined the whole verse, but then I circled caused, and I'm reading the version that I'm reading is the NIV version. And I think Megan's actually says something slightly different, but kind of the same meaning. I circled the word caused because I think I forget that you know, God is almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful, and he can literally change people's hearts. Like he, right. it was nothing that Daniel, it was nothing that any human did. It says God caused him to have favor and sympathy for Daniel and his crew. I think that is one of the things that Ben and I use kind of in our prayer, just in general of life, a lot is favor, you know, because it's not us who's going to change somebody's mind for something. And so we are always praying that God would like give favor to us or, you know, change somebody's heart about something like that's a huge one. Cause it's not me. It's, it's God. Right. That and does I, that changing. I think in, um, today's society, I think we are used to being, um, you know, we want to be part of fixing problems, which I I think we should, we definitely should. So I'm not trying to say, don't be the person that you're supposed to be. I'm just saying, I think it was powerful for me to see that even sometimes when I do my very, very best as a human, and I'm trying to, to fix things or do things right. It's not about me or my actions or what I'm capable of. You know, it's, it was, it very clearly says that that was God. God caused the official to have favor. It wasn't Daniel and his crew's action. Right. Right. So that spoke to me first. Yeah, I think it's pretty impressive that he ate vegetables too, you know, and that only, could you do that? I couldn't do that. I really do. I'd be love, like, can I have the meat and everything, please? I could, I can go without the meat. Um, the vegetables, I'm a huge vegetable. So I you could have love. Done. I love vegetables. No, here's where it would have gotten me. They were probably raw vegetables though. Here's where it would, I can do that too. Here's where it would have gotten me. I need carbs. I'm such a carb fanatic. I'm a bread girl. I've got to like toss me a dinner roll (laughs) with the squash and the broccoli and I'll be a happy camper. I don't have to have the meat. Now I enjoy meat too. Like I'm, you know, obviously last night I had chili and a hamburger, but (laughs) But I can, I do really love um, vegetables. So that part didn't like, I don't know. I was impressed though, that after 10 days, so they agreed to this little test that Daniel had said, right? test me and my crew on this. We will only eat vegetables and drink water and we will be stronger or we'll be as strong, if not stronger than your other men. And they were blown away because they were. Mm -hmm. And then there's a whole shift in the whole story. 
Then it kind of goes back to Nebuchadnezzar. And he's having these crazy dreams. Like you. Right. And he's frustrated because he can't figure out what they mean. So he first calls on his uh, like magicians, his astrologers, you know, people that usually kind of help him with those kind of things. And they could not interpret his dream. In fact, they even kind of called him out and said, you're asking too much of us. We're not the gods because they believed in other gods or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he was like, (laughs) this is literally what I wrote down. In chapter two, verse five, it says, he kind of declares, if you cannot tell me what my dream was, and interpret it, I'm going to cut you into pieces, dot, dot, dot. And then it goes on. And I literally wrote down next to that, that's some scary (laughs) (laughs) Like Nebuchadnezzar was kind of in. Oh, he was mean. Yeah, he was mean. So like the situation's getting intense. He needs somebody to interpret his dream and he decides because these men of wisdom and intellect being the magicians and the astrologers and that can't interpret his dream for him he sends out orders to go basically kill Mm -hmm. any men of wisdom right okay so we've already determined that Daniel and his crew were noble men and, and very intelligent. So they come knocking. This is all like Meg's interpretation. This is all should be like Meg's version. Of, Asterisk. I'm, I am like butchering this interpretation. Um, so they come knocking at Daniel's door, ready to kill them based off of Nebuchadnezzar's orders. And Daniel says, slow your roll. Can you give me a minute? That Mm -hmm. was this other thing that I wrote down. I really love how he handles this situation. He, and I think it goes back to, he probably had built a rapport with some of these officials too, Mm -hmm. because he was a good man. So um, he asks them for a little bit of time and he goes back to, um, his crew, Meshach. Oh, who who are they? Meshach, Shadrach, Shadrach and The crew. Uh, so yeah, we're just calling him the crew. <laughs> and he says, Hey, here's what's happening. We need to pray and ask God for the understanding. Then fast forward, he's taken to King Nebuchadnezzar. And he's telling him, hey, I can interpret your dream for you. Not only can I interpret your, not only can I tell you what your dream was, I can interpret it for you. Um, and I think it's verse 29, Megan. Um, 
Oh, no, it's verse 30. So it's chapter two, verse 30. It says, as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than other living men, but so that you, O king, may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. So before he tells Nebuchadnezzar what the dream is and the interpretation is and all that, I just thought he took a really humble approach of saying, you know, this isn't about me. This is about you and your situation and you needing help. So even though they didn't have the same belief system and this guy is literally fixing to kill him, he just handled it. Like, I don't know why it just spoke to me. Confidence and grace. He took the spotlight off of him and he turned it back on to the king and said, no, I'm here to help you. Right. Um, He said, I'm not a greater man than any other man. You know, this is about, this is about you understanding what has been going through your mind. So that stood, I I just, I know different things are going to stand out to different people. So that stood out to me. Um, And he goes on to interpret the dream. Um, for King Nebuchadnezzar, basically, it's was a uh, a dream of the future of mm-hmm. um, nations, you know, being built up. There's um, and then eventually crumbling and crashing, and the rock is the thing that's standing and remaining. And because he was able to retell the king's dream and then interpret it for him, he was. Then what happens, Megan? What happens to Daniel? Nebuchadnezzar kind of bumps him up the ladder, right? Oh, totally. He ends up in the king's courts and he gets all the favor from King Nebuchadnezzar. And then Daniel even asks uh, him to promote Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, But yeah, Daniel ends up being over all of his wise counsel and everything. They all four of them move up the chain. So that's the end of chapter two. So that mm-hmm. is where I left off. I don't know if we'll continue doing podcast about the remaining part of, of Daniel, but for today, I just spoke to me that, okay, maybe my dreams do mean something. I need to pray. Daniel stopped and prayed for understanding. So that's another thing that I wrote down is, okay, if my dreams are meaning something, maybe I just need to pray, you know, that I would have understanding for them and what they're not going to like tear my limbs off. If I don't interpret it for you, are you, I'm going to need you to go (laughs) online. I need you to start studying up on waves, water, like floods. So there was wheat fields, waves, a flood anchors and hooks, and then wheat, wheat fields. Crazy. That's weird, right? That is weird. I'm sure that there's some, something there, but like you said, (laughs) it's not anything that you, you know, you just need to pray that God would reveal that to you. Right. So I I did write down several things. That was one of the last things that I wrote down was, you know, it wasn't like Daniel had like immediately he knew he had to seek God and his help to understand. It wasn't like he was like, oh yeah, I know what this dream means. He prayed. Right. And I think that that's what you get the theme of kind of the first few chapters of Daniel is just that whole idea that God gave. Yes. He, he caused, he gave, which I'm Mm -hmm. sure they have 
because your translation says he gave, right? Mm-hmm. I, I love that. It's yep. not anything that we're doing. Nope. So it's kind of a relief though, honestly. Oh, for sure. I mean, for me, just knowing that, yes, I need to be intentional and do things how I would normally do them every day, day in, day out, and, you know, be a good person, be a good friend, be a a good wife, be a good mom, all those things. But at the end of the day, God's really the one in control of everybody. All of it. All of it. Yeah. And he can cause a shift in people's hearts. Like with the official that was over. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot. Listen, that was just two chapters and there's there's a whole lot there. <laughs> She's literally la- just like laughing and laughing at me. And I don't I don't even know. Red, why I are you? I love you, Meg. I don't why? know. I just I love it. I love that that you wanted to do um, <laughs> a podcast today Bible on the Bible. Lesson. <laughs> And that I literally wrote down a cuss word pertaining to in your Bible, a scripture verse. Yeah. He knew I was already thinking it. I know. It was already in my head. Like I see. I'm not a huge cusser. I don't, I don't, those words, they don't really come to mind. I don't know. Who made I used them? to a long, long time ago. Who made it a cuss word though? At some I don't point, know. At some point, wasn't it just a regular word? And I then guess. somebody was like, ooh, it sounds bad. bad. It's bad. Right. I don't know. Somebody at some point had to make it bad. Right. That's I all think I'm you saying. Should look about. that up. Go to the Googles and look that up. That's going to be our next icebreaker is <laughs> <laughs> the history behind us. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Seriously, though, what are, what, what is good this week? Ooh, squeeze What's the good. Sp- squeeze the good. Okay, mine's kind of silly, but I'm really loving it. So I'm tried uh tried a new uh body wash in the shower. I'm a oh. body wash girl. I'm not a bar of soap. Yeah, I like, don't. I've like- got the little squeegee, you know, scrunchy. What do you call those, you know? Where you put the soap a lo- on a it. loofah, a loofah. Yeah. I a got loofah. one of those. And so I like the liquid soap. Well, it's called Puracy is the name brand. And I okay. ordered it directly from the website, but I think you can get it on Amazon too, but they have a whole line of products. Um, I actually heard about it from a friend of mine because she moved out kind of into the country and has like septic system, you know, and all of that and can't use certain products and has to be careful with the kind of ingredients and stuff like that. And so she had told me about it because it was good for, um, out there where they are. And I love it. Like the smell of it. It's just good. What flavor do you have? It's not like a flavor, a flavor, a scent. Sorry. It doesn't even have, have, it's just like their regular scent. It just smells like good soap, but it's not fruity to where Ben won't like it. He's liked it too. What is it called again? Puracy. Puracy. Mm-hmm. I, I use uh, their, I haven't bought their shampoo, but I have their conditioner and I like that too. My girls like it too. Is it expensive? No, but it's better ingredients. So it's not like break the bank and right. you can get it on sale. Like I got it Black Friday and oh. they, like you can buy refillable, like big pouches. pouches. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Cool. That's my squeeze the good. Now I'm going to go get me some new body wash. I know, right? 
Um, my squeeze the good is actually a little story I I ran across on Facebook. Oh. So we have um, these family friends, and I've known him since I was a little young thing in college. <laughs> and we called him, he probably hates that we did this, but we called him Brother Dave. His name's Dave. And we mm. called him Brother Dave. Anyways, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw the sweetest story that he posted about his daughter. That's my, it's my squeeze the good for the week. He <laughs> said that his daughter was like, hey, these energy drinks that you're drinking like every day, multiple times a day are really bad for you. Oh, yeah. I want to, I think it was, I think it was Red Bull or maybe a monster. I've I'm sorry, never Dave. had one. I'm sorry, Dave, if I'm butchering this story, but his daughter, Becca was like, Hey, these dad, these really aren't good for you. You really should stop drinking them. And so he decided to give it a try and to stop drinking the energy drinks. Mm-hmm. And he did. And here's what I love most about the story is then he posted about it and they're probably laughing. They probably thought nothing of this little story, but here's why it spoke to me is because she's an adult. He's her dad and and obviously grown up and he still took advice from his daughter and she was right and it worked. And he said, I feel better. It's going great. Thanks, Becca, for the advice. I just thought as a dad, he could recognize something that his child, you know, said, hey, you should do this or you should change this or, you know, give this a try. And he did. And it it worked. And, and then he then publicly recognized, recognized her and just her. said, thank you. That's sweet. Yes. It yes. was the sweetest thing because he could have just texted her and been like, all right, I've been off the Red Bull for a week. <laughs> yeah. Like, No, but to make it public, that's sweet, you know, and just show his appreciation to his daughter. Because I think as parents, it's hard for us sometimes to go, oh, our kids were right. Because as parents, we want to be right. Right. Mm -hmm. It was just like really cool of him to give her a shout out and say, hey, you were right. I feel better. You know, I've been off of this stuff for a week. Thanks for, you know, recognizing and talking to me about it. It was just the coolest shout out. So that's neat. I like that. That is a that's good one. my good. I like it. I like you, friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm just saying that because I know you like, oh gosh, if you guys could have seen her face when I was like, hey, don't kill me, but we're gonna do a different episode. Rolling you're, with it. You're a trooper. You're the best. Thank you so much for listening to the Meg's podcast today. We have the best time talking about (laughs) all the things. All the things. We love it, don't we, Meg? Yes. Well, y'all be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes that we have. And then also come find us on social media. We want to connect with you at the Meg's podcast.